Thank you, Lily. Appreciate that great introduction. Awesome worship. So good to see everybody online today. And uh, boy, it has been so great getting together with you. And what a joy, huh? And the outpouring of the Spirit. Man. Oh, I was fasting and praying for that. Went on a prayer retreat in December, pressing into it, wanting to experience what we've been experiencing. I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit is responding the way He is. And so we're going to just keep stirring the pot. I'm so looking forward to uh, sharing with you this morning what I'm going to be sharing with you on stay, how to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. We have been experiencing fresh outpourings. I had uh, someone last week say, I have not felt a spirit like this since I was in India. I don't know, maybe 10 years ago on a mission trip, and the power of God hit me. And, and I heard a teenager last week say, that was such a really, really, really good service because it was so powerful and, and um, just great testimonies of God's outpouring of the Spirit. But today, I want to talk to you about how to stay filled with the Spirit. We're going to continue to press in and, and, and experience uh, fresh outpourings and fresh infillings. But how do, you, how do you keep that flowing? How do you keep that going? And uh, today I'm going to be, uh, I got the Bible here, but it's going to be on my Bible app. And so I'm going to be using the word to, oh, oh no. Man, my phone's at 1%. I'm sorry. I need, oh my gosh. Uh, I'm not, uh, okay, look. Um, have you ever had that happen to you before? Have you ever had that happen to you? Yeah, huh? Right when you're in the middle of something really important, like that incredibly important phone call or that meeting, and then you look at your phone, it's only like a 1%, or you're watching a, a video or something that you're really engaged in, or or you wake up in the morning and your your you know power cord didn't work, or like in my house, my my you know power block, my brick is gone because one of my kids took it, and my phone's dying, I got a meeting to go into, right? That's I mean, you need your you, you need your phone to stay powered up, right? With all with a percentage. And so um, and you know, it's so great right now. Is that illustrated sermon, which I did not tell my crew that I was going to be using, works so good that he just brought me a power cord, which I don't need, because that was just a mock illustrated sermon of <laughs> a phone dying. Got him. Awesome. That's how you know your illustrations work, when you, when you fool your crew. Isn't that wonderful? Probably got some of you at home, too. But I'll tell you what's not funny, is when you have your supernatural power on one percent see here's the thing our cars run on natural gas our watches run on batteries our phones run on energy but that's all natural energy you are called to run on supernatural energy which is the holy spirit you are a vessel created by god with his own hands he created from the dust of the ground you know the first thing he did with his first man and woman after he created them out of the dust of the ground this is just clay. This is just clay that you use. This is like an earth suit. It's your clay suit. He took Adam by his face and, and he breathed into him the breath of life. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what gave you and I life at the beginning. He's what gives us life every day of our lives. And so I want to talk to you about how to stay filled with the Spirit. Life is not about just willpower. It's not about human capacity, especially your call by God to represent Jesus to the world, to be like Christ on earth. 
to have Christ-like character, to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. You can't do that by willpower. You can't do that by religious zeal. You know that. If you walk long enough with the Lord, you know you can't do it. When I was a, a, a young Christian, about three months in the Lord, I was about ready to just quit. And uh, the guy who led me to the Lord said, what's wrong with you? And I said, I can't do this. I just keep sinning. I keep failing. I, I'm not keeping my prayer time up. I'm not in the Word. He said, hey, 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 hey. He said, did you save yourself? I said, well, no. He said, then don't try to fix yourself. He said, the Holy Spirit will do that. He said, just stay in the Word and keep seeking God. And the Holy Spirit's job is to make you like Christ. I'm telling you, that saved my spiritual life. Taking all the responsibility of my becoming like Christ and putting my full dependency on the Holy Spirit. And that's what I want you to do. So how do we stay filled with the Spirit? Well, there's three things. Number one is don't try to earn it. Don't try to earn the Holy Spirit. I'm going to uh, look in Galatians chapter 3 and um, verses 1 through 5. Listen to this phenomenal verse. It says, Oh foolish Galatians. He could say, Oh foolish San Diegans. Oh foolish Galatians. Who has cast an evil spell on you? I mean, that's how bad it is, what he's talking about. Who has cast an evil spell on you? This was a church in Galatia that were just pagans. They were, not, they were, they were non-religious. And Paul went down to Galatia. He found a bunch of pagans, and he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. They believed it. They received it. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. God was pouring miracles out in the church. And then some religious Judaizers came down. These rule keepers, these, these law keepers, these people that said, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this to be right with God, or he's not going to be, you know, giving you the Holy Spirit. Paul was so vexed. The Holy Spirit, through Paul, writes a scathing letter saying, who has fooled you? Who has bewitched you? What's he talking about? Well, let's read it. For the meaning, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question, Paul says. Did you receive, everybody say receive. Right there where you are, just come on, say receive. Christianity is not about what you achieve, it's about how much you receive. It's God's life flowing through you, his love through you, his peace in you, his power on you. It's all by the Holy Spirit. It's not how much you achieve, it's how much you receive. He says, did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not, exclamation point. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be, he says. After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human that word right there just struck some of your hearts. I know it did. You got saved by grace. You're going to be transformed by grace. Your relationship with God, every ounce of everything you receive from God is His goodness. And it's released to you by the Holy Spirit. The key is to desire the Spirit. Ask for the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit every day of your life. And that's how the goodness of God continues to flow into your life. It's by receiving. It's by believing. It's not by working for it. It's not by earning it. He goes on to say this. 
Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, he says, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It's because you believe the message you heard about Christ. See, when you come to Jesus, you, or, or you come to get more of the Holy Spirit, the, the, the equation isn't clean up, and then you'll get filled up. No. It's like this, uh, this gal that came to a, a, a pastor, and uh, a true story. And she was a dancer, if you know what I mean. And she said to the pastor, if I, if I go back in that room and, and, and I receive Jesus, it was at a, a tent meeting, and there was a room in the back, and they were praying for people. If I go back in that room and give my life to Jesus, um, am I going to have to stop dancing? And this pastor said, no. She said, okay, I'll go get prayed for. So she goes into the room, and they pray for her. She receives Christ, gets filled with the Spirit, and she comes out to the pastor. She said, you sly fox. You knew that I went back there and got filled with the Spirit. I wouldn't want to dance anymore. <laughs> yeah. You see, when you come to God to get more of the Spirit, you don't come to Him because you deserve it or because you earn it or because you work for it. You don't clean yourself up then to get filled up. No, you get filled up and then the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, see, that's why His name's holy. The Holy Spirit takes your unholiness and He cleanses it and He makes you holy like Him. He's the sanctifier. You and I don't sanctify ourselves. He sanctifies us. I remember I was invited to take over the leadership of about 100 churches down throughout Mexico. And when I uh, uh, accepted the um, invitation to serve that organization, there was so much religiosity in it. So much so that when somebody would get saved, they would make them wait for two years to get water baptized. They made them go through all these courses to prove their discipleship. And when I came in there, I came in humbly, but I was upset. Because that's religion. You look in the Bible, you never see that. What do you see? They got saved, baptized, saved, baptized, saved, baptized, saved, baptized. Why? Because baptism is one of the graces that empowers you to serve God. Jesus, when he was water baptized, that's when the Holy Spirit came upon him in power. So we don't earn these things. These are all gifts and graces for us so that we can stay filled with the Holy Spirit. So, the first way to stay filled with the Spirit is don't try to earn it. Receive it. Every morning, every afternoon, every evening, the blood of Jesus takes care of all your sins from now and forever. You just come to God by grace and say, I need a fresh and filling Father. I do it every morning and afternoon and evening. Secondly, do not grieve, quench, or resist the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve, quench, or resist the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says. Well, how do you do that? Well, well, I'm going to read this to you. We're going to look in um, Ephesians chapter 4. And I'm going to do this in the New Living Translations. Ephesians chapter 4. I got you, didn't I, Kobe? Yes, you did. I got you, man. That was good. Ephesians chapter 4. And starting in verse 30, listen to this. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. That word sorrow is grieve. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is the fire. He's the fire in your heart. 
He's the one that causes you to cry out, Abba, Father. It's the Holy Spirit that produces that. The Son of the Son of God, His Spirit's in you. The Spirit of God's Son. But you can quench Him. It's like pouring cold water on a hot fire, like throwing on a campfire, throwing water on it. You don't want to do that. You say, well, well how, how do I do that? Listen to this. And do not grieve or bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing you that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Now, here you go. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all type of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You know what grieves the Holy Spirit? The way we treat one another. For you parents out there, I know you feel this. When I hear my, my children going at each other, it physically hurts my heart. I just want my kids to get along. I want them to love and care for each other. Now, my kids always do. I'm talking about your kids and not mine because, you know, they're PK, so they're perfect. But when kids are going at each other's throats and they're being ugly and mean to each other, it breaks a parent's heart. But when they're loving each other, preferring one another, being humble to one another, and uh, speaking words of affirmation to one another, I mean, it brings joy to a parent's heart. It brings joy to the father's heart when he sees his children doing the same thing to one another. In fact, we just read that when we're being mean to each other, vindictive, bitterness, angry, jealousy, cutting one another with our words, with our actions, it literally brings sorrow to the Holy Spirit. So that's how you can grieve the Holy Spirit. Last week, or a couple weeks ago when I was teaching, I felt so strongly that to be filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit, some of you needed to forgive. And I drilled down hard on that. And um, there were some tremendous responses from that message. And I knew they were connected, but I wasn't thinking of this passage. But when I was studying for this message today, bam, there it was right there. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit, but forgive one another, just as God has forgiven you. Some of you are like, I'm not interested in the Bible. I'm not interested in church. I'm not interested in worship. You know why? Because your heart has grown cold. You know why? It might be because of this list I just read. And it might be because you have bitterness and anger, maybe at God. I was talking to someone yesterday, and they're, they're angry at God. You can just see it in their face. And, and the Holy Spirit can't flow through you when you have that unforgiveness and bitterness in you. It's clogging up the, the spiritual arteries of your heart. It's not worth it. I want to call you to forgiveness today. I want to encourage you. Forgive. Just let them go. And you're going to find fresh of the Holy Spirit flowing through you. I just heard a story yesterday of a, a lady who came for a fresh infilling of the Spirit and a baptism of the Spirit. And she wasn't getting it. And she was really frustrated. She was getting frustrated with God. She asked him about it. And he said to her, because you have bitter, bitterness in your heart toward your father. And she had had it for years. And she was so convicted, but she was so hungry. She came to a place where she would rather have the feeling of baptism and refreshing of the Holy Spirit than to hang on to that bitterness. And she forgave. And the Spirit of God came on her. And her heart was filled with joy all over again. And then she went to her dad, and she forgave him. And she was set free. Some of you need to be set free. You're hearing us preach on this. You're seeing other people get touched by the Spirit, but you're not. It might be because you're harboring forgiveness, unforgiveness and bitterness, and you need to let it go. It also says not to quench 
It says not to uh, quench the Holy Spirit and resist the Holy Spirit. Resisting the Holy Spirit is when you simply continuously disobey God, when he's calling you to do something and you're just not doing it. Like in the, in the uh, Old Testament, the Israelites were supposed to go take the promised land. And out of unbelief and rebellion, they just kept not doing what God called them to do. And they kept tempting him and testing him and complaining and whining and, and, and greed and resisted God's spirit. Don't resist God's voice. Step out and take a risk and do what he's calling you to do. And, but the one I want to nail on here, nail before we move on to the next point, is uh, do not quench the Holy Spirit. How do you quench the Holy Spirit? Well, the Bible says, do not despise prophecy. Um, and do not quench the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Um, when somebody is preaching like this, this is prophecy. That means to, to proclaim the Word of God. Or when somebody is saying, I got a vision from the Lord, or a dream from God, or I got a word from the Lord. It's a spontaneous utterance of the Holy Spirit. And if you're cynical, and you kind of sit back, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know. And then you say, I know that person. You know, that they have jealousy issues, or they've got pride issues, or they've been married twice. Or I know just, you know, a few months ago, they were drinking, you know. And so you disqualify people. But what about you? Are you perfect? No. Only Jesus. Who's he going to use if he doesn't use us? There's no one that's perfect. I've seen God use people that I would never choose. I would never have chosen me. <laughs> you know? I mean, who's he going to use? I remember I was kneeling down next to one of my former spiritual fathers, and he said to the Lord, Lord, why do you use these men? I mean, he was he was a spiritual father to, to some globally recognized preachers and they all have weaknesses we all have clay feet he says lord why do you use these men and jesus said they're all i've got we're all he's got and so it's so dangerous when you see somebody preaching and you're familiar with oh that's just pastor john oh that's just pastor mark oh that's just my dad or that's just the carpenter's son you get it that's how they miss Jesus. Familiarity breeds contempt. There's only one place Jesus went, and he said he marveled at their unbelief, and he could do no mighty miracles. Why? Because it was his hometown. And Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own home. You see, the more familiar you are with one another, we start judging each other according to the flesh, rather than according to the spirit. But the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 and 18, we don't judge one another according to the flesh anymore or our human condition. We judge one another after the Spirit, not judging, meaning we bring judgment on each other, but we discern, we see one another by the Spirit. God uses anybody and everybody. I've learned to listen for a voice in the voice. I don't care if it's an unsaved person. I don't care if it is a new believer. I don't care if it's someone who's been, you know, walked with Jesus for 110 years. I'm listening for God's voice in the voice. Because he speaks through human vessels. So, number one, do not try to earn the Holy Spirit. Number two, do not grieve, quench, or resist the Holy Spirit. And number three, do the things that keep the Spirit flowing. The Bible says that we and I, you and I are to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read another chunk of scripture and we're going to be coming to a close here in just a few minutes. But it's so important for you not to say, 
yeah, well, you know, I had an experience with the Holy Spirit 20 years ago. Let me tell you about it. Well, that's great, and that can inspire people. But what about yesterday? What did you, you experience yesterday? What did you experience today? What are you going to experience tomorrow or next week? You see, the experience of the Holy Spirit, I mean, the, the baptism breaks you into a whole new world. The baptism of the Holy Spirit breaks you into a whole new dimension of the Holy Spirit. But it's like a well that if you, those old, time, those old kind of wells, if you've ever seen how a well works or worked with a well or worked in the, on a farm or something, you get a well where the water's deep down under the earth, 50 feet, 100 feet, 150, 200 feet, 250 feet down. There's a stream down there, right, of living water. And you drill down, you have a pump. You got a pump handle if you're doing it manually. And you pump 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 and nothing's coming out while you're building up pressure. But if you just keep at it, keep praying, keep praising, keep reading, keep seeking God, keep believing, you just keep pumping that well. And don't worry about it, I'm telling you. If you keep at it, one day, and the water's just going to start coming out. And it's going to start flowing. You're going to experience the Holy Spirit. But guess what? After you do the hard work of getting it flowing, if you just let the handle go and go, oh, man, the water's going to dry up. Why? Because the pressure goes back down. And then all you have is a story about that time, a long time ago, that you got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And you had your spiritual encounter. So how do you keep it flowing? Well, once you get it flowing, all you do is just keep that handle going. What is that? In the morning when you wake up, don't let your phone be the first thing you look at. Your flesh is going to want to look at the phone. Your flesh is going to want to get busy. Your flesh is going to want entertainment. But your spirit is hungry for God food. Your spirit is hungry for God drink. What is that? That's the word and prayer. That's worship. That's other tongues. I do it every morning when I wake up. I peel myself out of bed. I'm exhausted. I don't want to get up. I don't want to face the day most of the time. There's a lot of pressure, a lot of responsibility. So what do I do? I get up. The first thing I do is make that pot of coffee. And then I have to take care of uh, three, two dogs, three, two dogs and a cat. And so that takes about 15 minutes. By that point, I'm angry because I'm half awake and you can't just ignore the animals. And, by that, and so then what do I do? I purposely don't look at my phone. I open the Bible. And I say, God, I need a fresh infant of your spirit. And I start to pray in other tongues for a little while. Stir up the spirit within me. And my flesh is not wanting to do it. But I'm telling you, it takes a minute, maybe two minutes, maybe three minutes. And I start to flow in the spirit again. Faith starts to rise up. I'm starting to connect with God. And I do it in the afternoon. And I do it in the evening. This is a continuous thing. So let's read Ephesians chapter 5. Let me get to it here. Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to do 15 through 21 in the Amplified Translation. Ephesians chapter 5, 15 through 21 says this. Therefore, see that you walk carefully, living with honor and purpose and courage, shunning those who tolerate and enable evil, not as the unwise, but be wise, sensible, intelligent, discerning people, making the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and take advantage of each, each opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence because the days are filled with evil. Therefore, do not be foolish and thoughtless, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. It's foolishness not to live out the will of God. Don't be foolish, but grasp what God's will is for your life, what God wants you to do. And here we go. 
Do not get drunk with wine, for that is wickedness, corruption, and stupidity. That's what the Amplified Bible says. But be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit and constantly guided by Him. That's possible. That's what you're called to. That's what the Holy Spirit's here for. But you've got to yield yourself to Him on a daily basis. And then it goes on saying, Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms, offering praise by singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So how do we stay filled with the Spirit? Well, psalms, hymns, and spiritual psalms. Psalms are scriptures that you sing. Hymns are songs that we write. And spiritual psalms are things that you uh, sing spontaneously by the Holy Spirit. Praying and singing in other tongues or singing spontaneous songs. As you do that, like when I go to church sometimes, I, sometimes I don't feel like worshiping. Right? You fight on the way to church and you get out and you're frustrated or angry or tired or whatever. And you get up in there, and you might be sitting there, and Pastor Josh is going to lead worship, and you're just like, guess what? The Bible says, I will praise God at all times. It's an act of, act of the will. And you say, I'm just going to start engaging. I'm going to start singing. I'm going to start declaring that God is good because he is no matter how I feel. And you engage, you participate, as Pastor Josh says, encounters require participation. And you start to worship, and after a song or so, the river starts to flow. That's the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you as your pastor. Read the Word of God and pray in the morning every day. Ask Him for an infilling every day, all day long. I mean, when you eat food, right? You eat breakfast. Around lunchtime, you're like, I'm hungry. That's weird. I wonder why. I just ate breakfast about three hours ago. And then you don't eat lunch because you're kind of like wondering why you're running low on energy. And then you don't eat dinner. You say, gosh, I'm getting so hungry. But I ate this morning, and then the next day, you don't eat again. And now you're getting really weak, and you're getting really hungry. You don't eat for three days. You don't eat for four days. And you're getting weaker and weaker, and you're getting dizzy, and can't think straight. You say, well, that's ridiculous. Of course we're going to eat. And it's ridiculous for believers not to, not to be filled with the Holy Spirit and eat the Word of God at least three squares a day, at least three meals a day. That's how you stay filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're spiritually weak, you have to ask yourself, what am I giving my attention to? What are my priorities? Am I seeking God? I want to encourage you not only to pray in the mornings, in the afternoons, in the evenings, asking God to fill you up with his Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask you to set aside a consecrated time with him. Take a day. Take a whole day. You can do it. You can carve it out. You take time for vacations. You take time to go to the beach. You take time to watch a three-hour movie or, or a binge on, on, a, on a series of some kind on Netflix. You have the time. Spend a lot of time on Facebook, Instagram, right? I mean, a lot of time on uh, TikTok. Goodness gracious. Decide you're going to seek God this month. Set time aside. Two days. So I'm going to seek God. I'm going to read the Bible until I fall asleep and wake up and I'm going to read some more of it. I'm going to, I'm going to Praying tongues. I'm going to put on worship music and not listen to secular music for an entire week. I've got to fill my spirit up with the things of God. Saturate yourself in it. I'm telling you, you'll be revived. Let me pray for you. Put your hand over your heart. 
and say, God, I need filled up. I've been giving in to my flesh. I've been ignoring the word of God. I have things inside of me that need to get cleaned out and I need your help. I'll just invite him. Say, Holy Spirit, come. Clean out the spiritual arteries of my heart. Just say, Holy Spirit, please wash out the bitterness and unforgiveness in my heart. Say, Holy Spirit, revive me. Fill me. Come upon me in power and use me for the purposes of God. I'm going to ask you to do something that might be a little uncomfortable for you. I don't know. But if there's somebody next to you on the couch and chair on the other side of the room, would you just be humble? Just humble yourselves. And be vulnerable. And just put your hand on each other's hand or on the shoulder. Just go ahead and do it. Because this says sing psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms to one another. You're not going to stay spiritually filled by yourself. You can't play tennis alone. You've got to have a partner. That's how the Holy Spirit works, through the body of Christ. That's why you've got to be connected to the body. Christianity is not a solo sport. So just lay your hand on it and begin to pray for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit in them. And that will turn you from a lake into a river because the Holy Spirit's in you for you, but he's on you for others. Just begin to pray for one another. Come on, pray for a fresh infilling as Pastor Josh comes. And he leads us in worship. Amen.